You mean this was some sort of a game? I couldn't have dreamed it. Hello and welcome. I'm Silent Noise and this is THE Arsenal Cast. You can support through Harmony Equals Arsenal Cast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter under THE Arsenal Cast. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and YouTube. And remember, if you're heading over to YouTube, you have the added bonus of viewing some Arsenal-inspired artwork while you're listening to the show. So head over there, like, subscribe and tap the hell out of the notification bell. You can visit the website and read some of the blogs at www.theacast.com. Get in touch and send me anything at thearsenalcast at gmail.com. Well now, let's get into the result. Manchester City 1, Arsenal 2. Now, first off I'll start off with the formation and the lineup. Arteta started off with a Three at the back on paper. It was um, Curantini who was fit enough to play after the coronavirus scale. We wasn't sure whether or not he would play, but Tierney on the left-hand side of the three with Gabriel and Louise on the right-hand side. Then Bellerin and Saka as your wing-backs with Xhaka and Ceballos in the middle. Aubameyang, Willian and Pepe as the front line. And on paper, I was looking at the team sheet and I was thinking, well... This could be quite promising, actually. Is he going to play Aubameyang down the middle? I haven't seen that too many times. He finished off the last game with Aubameyang ending down the middle of the pitch. So I thought, okay, maybe he saw something that he liked and he's going to start Aubameyang down the middle with Willian on one flank and Pepe on the other. Could be quite interesting. So too with what was happening at the back, I thought, is he going to play a three at the back or is he going to be a four at the back with Tierney on the left-hand side, Gabriel, Louise, and then Bellerin, Bellerin in a more left-back position. Um, just to note that Rob Holding was due to start in the game, but he pulled up with an injury in a warm-up. So David Louise stepped in and took his place. Um, so, yeah, wasn't sure if it's going to be a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3 kind of formation. And as the game went on, it was still pretty much hard to tell, if I'm totally honest. For literally the first half an hour of the game, I was watching it thinking, what formation are we actually playing here? I mean, if you was watching it at times, you could have thought we was playing a three at the back with Tierney, Louise and Gabrielle as your, as your defenders, with Saka and Bellerin as your wingbacks. But then there was times when both of those guys are pressed up so high um, in midfield. You then had Jacques and Sabayo sitting alongside them. But then there was times when Bellerin was almost back as a as a right back. Or Bellerin would push forward. Xhaka was slotting in at right back. And you had the same thing going on on the other side with Saka dropping back when Tierney bombed forward. So maybe this is the... Maybe this is the approach that Arteta's trying to work towards, this this forward, uh, fluid kind of you fill in my role when I move into this position so each player knows, okay, 
well, if the player on the outside of me is bombing forward, I'm going to slot in here and fill a gap until he's back into his natural position. And to be honest, there was times when it looked like we were playing a diamond in the midfield, almost like a flat diamond uh, um, with Saka and Ceballos as your two lower points. But then Xhaka would bomb on sometimes. Willian was doing uh, kind of like a false nine kind of role where he would sometimes press from the front and he'll be the furthest forward player. Then there will be times when he's dropped back into midfield and he's trying to work and make the extra man in midfield. And you, and then you had the strikers split wide where you had Aubameyang on one side, Pepe on the other. But like I said, I think it was two managers just overthinking the job. And especially in Arteta's point of view, it took away from some of our attacking play. I don't think we was as effective going forward. I think watching the game and seeing what was happening position-wise with some of the players, it was good to watch at times from a defensive point of view. You could see that both teams are drilled and they've been working on their systems. And especially from an Arsenal point of view, again, this isn't something that many Arsenal fans get used to watching week in, week out. But you could see players were drilled with their movement and positioning. When Manchester City had that ball, you could tell they were told what to do at what stage of the pitch. When when Manchester City had the ball and they were in their own half, we will press. We will press them high and we'll try and win that ball early. Then when they got into the midfield area, we would drop off a little bit, keep our positions and try and make it hard for them to pass in between the players. And then once they got into our final third, then you would see the team revert back to almost like a back five with um, with the three players just sitting in front of them, trying to block every passing lane and make sure we've got enough bodies in the right positions to build a strong structure to build from when we nick that ball. And a couple of times in that first half, it was happening. There was a couple of times when they was on the attack and we were able to nick the ball from someone and then you would see the next phase in the play. You would see certain players bomb forward. You would see Aubameyang and Pepe still with split strikers running forward. William then trying to get up with the pace and push through the centre of the pitch with either Xhaka or Saka as the guys picking up the ball and looking for the pass. Um, but yeah, that's I think that was the overall game plan. I honestly feel like there was times when we should have reverted back to something different because it was just an overthinking of tactics and it wasn't really working for our style of play. Early on in the game, Mares gets an early chance and he's on, you know, he's on the right hand side, cutting in on his left foot, comes in and he's just creating all kinds of problems. Just typical Mares type of play. Um, he's coming in and. To be honest, one or two times in that first half, we're just playing into their hands. Like, we know he wants to come in onto his left foot. And we allowed it, to be honest. And the first five to ten, maybe even fifteen minutes, it was just both teams trying to feel each other out. They're they're, um, looking at each other's tactics, seeing where the holes are, seeing where the gaps are and where we can um, create space to look for that uh, forward killer ball. And both teams were 
doing this kind of fluid system and it was really hard to pick up any kind of player. It was almost like the players were marking spaces and lanes rather than actual, actually their opposition. And yeah, that was the rhythm of the of the game up until the first goal. And Manchester go ahead. They score in like the 22nd minute. And it is typical of what I'm saying. There's um, the ball gets played out, I think, from the goalkeeper. And it gets played into Sterling. And he's on our left-hand side, his right-hand side. He plays the ball back into midfield, or to their defenders, rather. Um, the defenders play the ball up down our right-hand side now and the ball goes to Mares, who's on the right he then plays this ball into the midfield where Aguero is because he's dropped deep to receive the ball and Sterling after he initially received the ball he's made a run into the centre so he's literally in front of Aguero but then makes the run to the right-hand side so Aguero then takes the ball and goes towards his left our, our left-hand side. He feeds in Foden, who's on the outside of him. So you've effectively got Foden on the left now, Aguero down the middle, and Sterling on the right. And Foden's shot, I mean, he gets past Bellerin, and, and I don't want to criticise Bellerin too much, but at the same time, it's almost like he makes his decision for him. He comes steaming in. And a couple of times in the game, he done this. He comes steaming full speed in, but this time... I think he comes steaming in in the bid that he's going to stop him from getting the uh, shot off on his left foot. But then kind of makes his mind up for him. And Foden just takes his time. He comes in on the on his right and he takes a shot. And yeah, I think he, Bellerin could have done better. Um, Leno parries it away and it kind of goes back out just like down the throat like literally out towards the people just in front of him and you're thinking just loop it over just hit it hit it further away like parry it to the left hand side anything but it goes down and then um yeah falls to sterling on the right hand side inside the box and one nil like i said i can criticize both of the parts in that goal but i do have to remember we're playing up against some serious competition and um and Bellerin, I don't really want to criticise him too much. I know everyone hammers him as soon as he does anything. And he could do certain things right and he still doesn't get the applause he deserves. And I think, I've said it time and time again, he's a man coming back from a long-term injury. And we're seeing a bit more each game of what he can do. But he's still working his way back. He's still got to find his feet. He's still got to, you know, get used to his body being in certain positions again and I don't think he's 100% there but on that goal he definitely could have done better and Leno could have done better um, they just kind of got through a little bit too easy and I think it's just a consequence of when we was pushing up against their defence to try and win that ball we just left that little bit of a gap in midfield where Mares just executed a nice pass with his back towards goal into Aguero which kind of just split the lines between our midfield and defence for probably the the one and only time throughout the game, really. I, if I have to think about it, it's not like we were getting ripped apart left, right and centre. Um, this was probably the one ball that got through and we paid the price for it. And at this level, you know, that's why these players are playing for this team for that, that amount of money. That's what they do. 
So we move on from the goal to try to dust ourselves off and um, straight away I think the initial response is quite good. Like um, as soon as the goal goes in, straight after the restart, about a couple minutes later, Saka is taking a shot on their goal. Um, he turns, I think it's Cancelo, gets it on his like left foot and um, hits a shot off and I think it results in a corner. Um from which that corner, it's Pepe who then gets his head on it. And I think it goes straight down the throat of the keeper, if I'm not mistaken. But the response was good. And then um, it, the game kind of opens up a little bit more. Um, Mahrez then is getting another shot back in on his left foot. Um, I think it's TNE showing him inside. Um, but he's, he's such a tricky customer because he can go on his right every now and again and then shape for a shot and then turn back onto his left. He's such a tricky guy to deal with and I think Tierney did get a proper proper workout from him because there was a couple of times where he was either just outside the box or in, on the inside of the box heading towards the six yard box um, ready to pop a shot off and it was just like, jeez, no, don't do this again, please. Like, Just keep it 1-0 for now and um, we'll see where we are. But like I said, 30 minutes into the game, I was struggling to see what kind of formation we were actually playing. It's almost like they were just drilled in some kind of positional play and covering players. And because of that, we were we were just lacking in an attacking front. It felt like it was only down that left-hand side, through Saka or Tierney, that we were going to get any joy. But with the split strikers, both... Aubameyang and Pepe were just too far away from goal to be effective in my opinion it wasn't it was lacking an extra body up front and that's because William was pulling back into midfield to try and create an extra man so I get it because with the with the three at the back we're sacrificing the midfield body and then we've only really got two and it's either going to be Xhaka, Sabayos or Xhaka or Nenny. I mean I didn't think he was going to start partying this game whatsoever, only because the, he came out and he said he's only had one training session. And it's not a case that, oh, what party, he's a he's an experienced guy, he knows how to play football, he's been playing for real uh, Atletico Madrid and, and he literally just played the last game for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, that might be all well and good, but if he hasn't played with our players and doesn't know our system and how we're going to knock the ball about, then... He's either going to make mistakes or he's just going to look clueless and not know what he's doing, running around like a headless chicken. And for someone that you just spent a good, uh, what, 45 million on, it's not the kind of guy you want to just, you know, make a make a fool out of him. You, you kind of want to give him the foundations to at least have a good game, a first game. So I get not starting him, but it then means that our midfield is is lacking a little bit and to compensate for that. I guess that was the whole plan with William dropping back in, but it just wasn't really working from an attacking point of view. And we were still getting, you know, attacked down the flanks. I think I think um, Arteta must have looked at it and thought, well, they're not going to win too many headers from Louise and Gabriel, so we're given, we're given the flanks. So that's why Mahrez and Foden on the left-hand side did have quite a lot of joy. Um, I remember Foden getting a few shots off as well, or getting in a good few good positions especially around the half an hour mark 40 minute mark he was getting into some good positions um but 
it's almost like we allowed that space because we knew, okay, well, we can control it down the center. Um, and I think that's how most teams have kind of hurt City in recent weeks. It's like you allowed them to a certain point, nick the ball, and they're not that hard at breaking through their press that they used to be. Um, you can switch the ball a couple times or you could work through their players and get at their, get at their defense a little bit easier than what you can say the likes of Liverpool. But it was hard. It was hard for our players to get any kind of momentum going up until roughly around what, the 40 minute mark when TNE just, it's almost like he says, look, I've had enough of this. I need a break from running backpedaling back towards my own goal. I'm going to go forward and he literally just, he's just so aggressive. He's just bombing forward. Uh, he takes the ball, he's, he's running with it. And I think a guy's coming to challenge him and he's literally just plowed him out the way or barged him out the way and he's gone through him kind of thing. He's laid the ball off to um, Saka as Saka takes over and he, he plays a nice little intricate one-two. Abba works it, gets into a good position in the box to take the shot takes the shot and it just comes off the keeper's shoulder and you and I'm just like oh man lucky you little lucky (laughs) like just then he just gets his shoulder on it and it flicks the ball just over the over the bar um and that results in a corner um but in all fairness it's a good save from the keeper that's why Edison's in there is like the guy he makes a top save when it's required and I think that's the difference between where we are right now and where the lights of a Man City and Liverpool are, they get that chance, goal. We get that chance and we need to be making that a goal. Like that is a very, very good chance. And um, it's shortly followed by another chance, I think, right on the 41, 40, 42 minute mark when Abba's taken a shot and it comes from a poor kick from the keeper this time and we pressed them down well and and um, the ball goes to Xhaka and Xhaka feeds this almost like a slight reverse ball into Pepe and Pepe just gets a little nick on it which takes it to a Bamiyang and, and um, the flag goes up for offside but it, it's not offside and Bamiyang turns and he takes a shot but it's again right down the keeper's throat or he just the keeper's in a good position on both times when we have these shots um he's he's rushing out of his goal and he's making himself big and he's he's in a good position to block these shots as soon as they're taken so that again it just, it, those are the kind of chances we need to be finishing we need to be making that one nil or two one or you know 1-1, one, one, getting ourselves back into the game because those are the chances that we definitely need to be taking if we're going to take that further step forward in trying to get something from these away games because it's these away games that we just don't seem to be getting anything from in these, against the big teams away. It's almost like we just keep going into our shell or we, we've got something mentally going on there where we can't get ourselves over the line. Our, we're changing our play too much to try and um, force force the win or force the points when really we should just be playing our way but yeah both of those shots both of those chances they're just they're key chances man they're game changers and both times their keeper saves them and it's just unlucky it really is it's really unfortunate because towards the end of that first half Saka was starting to make some runs 
and his positions were in good spaces where he was picking up these little pockets of spaces and he was creating a little bit of trouble because Carl Walker then was having to come across and deal with him a little bit more which just it freed up Aubameyang because every time Aubameyang tried to do something it was almost like Carl Walker's job was to be that extra guy at the back there to make sure every time you see that guy running in behind you're you be there you're near him you're on him because every time Aubameyang worked himself into a little bit of space Carl Walker's running running him down or you know, getting a block in or tackling him, it was making it really difficult. So the pockets and spaces that Saka was beginning to pick up in the end of that first half was starting to create something. And then Aubameyang was moving central a little bit more, working on Diaz, seeing what he could get out of him. And I and I thought to myself at the end of the first half, maybe this is something that he needs to be looking at, Arteta. He needs to be getting... Aubameyang into the middle. I mean, when the game started and I saw the lineup, that is definitely what I thought I was going to be seeing. I thought I was going to see Aubameyang right down the middle of that pitch with William on one side and Pepe on the other. But it wasn't. It was this split striker role with William almost playing this false nine working in midfield as well. And it was just not really working out. And then we head into half time. Football's back. Come on, Arsenal. So the second half kicks off. And straight away we get this ball over the top and it's an early chance for Pepe. He has an early header as soon as the second half kicks off and the header is straight at the keeper again. I'm just like, man, like literally um, anyone else with a decent head, like you'd want in that position. He almost, I mean, he puts himself at risk by doing it because I think it takes a bit of a, a knock or he falls awkwardly trying to, Trying to head the ball in afterwards, but he's down for a bit after 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 the chance. But yeah, you just feel like God. That's just another early chance gone begging. And Man City quickly go down the other end, and Mares again. He's allowed another shot. It was, it was just like Mares was. Every time we push forward, they were just like, okay, feed it to Mares, let him work something because. Aguero, they knew, he's just come back from a long injury. He ain't going to be putting in too much minutes. But, you know, they could count on Mahrez, um, the likes of Bernardo Silva, Sterling, to be their their key troublemakers. And, and obviously not forgetting Foden as well. But, um, yeah, Mahrez was their standout guy, I think. He was just constantly on it. Every time one of our players pushed forward, he was there on that, on that um, left-hand side for them trying to cause a bit of damage and yeah he's getting chance after chance especially to come in on his left foot but for my opinion there was just not enough from us on a on a goal threat side of things like um uh, like after the restart approaching the hour mark i'm thinking we need to change it we have to change something i'm surprised no one didn't come on at half time to be honest um as the half was played out I was thinking, okay, half-time, he has to freshen it up. He has to bring on one of the two strikers, the actual number nines that we got on the bench. Like, um, I don't really get how um, Eddie and Lacazette can't be starting. Like, one or the other, yeah, but both of them, for William down the middle, 
this split strikers, it wasn't working in the first half. And I know Arteta likes to just kind of let the players see if they can find a kind of remedy themselves before making a change. But there was enough evidence in that first half to show that this was not going to work going forward and that he did need to make a change. But again, on the half hour, on the hour mark rather, um, I was thinking, okay, you have to do something. You have to change it up because we're just not getting the shots we're not getting the shots on goal and if we're not a team that takes all our chances then we need to be having or averaging more shots because you know otherwise we're literally just waiting for one chance and a, and a hit and hope kind of thing that we're going to bury it and we, we can't really do that we don't see any changes on the hour mark and then it's almost like the play starts to get sloppy. Like we're playing out from the back. And I remember Gabriel a couple times trying to play out from the back. And um, it's just not it's just not working out. Which I'll touch on a little bit. I don't want to criticise Gabriel too much. Because defensively, he's doing his job. He's getting the blocks in. He's getting the tackles in. He's standing up well. He's tracking his runners. But he's um, passing. I don't know if he just hasn't found his range at the moment. But when he's hitting the long pass up to the forward players, it's really over hit. Then when he's hitting the medium passes into midfield, they're almost like kind of soft trickling passes. And I remember a couple. I remember in the last game, Gab, um, David Deweese looking at him and telling him, "Yo, like hit those passes with a little bit more power, a little bit more oomph, like you know." Like, send that ball to me. And I think someone needed to say the same to him again in this game. Like, fizz that pass a little bit more. Like, put something behind it. Because a couple of times, they're just like, they're just not going at the right speed. And it's allowing Man City to push further forward against the the player that's due to receive the ball that he's passing to. And um, I think that was starting to happen a couple of times. But he's not the only one that's guilty of it. David Luiz was guilty of doing some sloppy passes they were they were like playing it back to Leno. Leno then playing it left or right, and it was just a bit s- slow and sloppy, and allowing Man City to come on and then get some chances that was virtually out of nothing. But then shortly after the hour mark, Guru goes off, Gungadan's on, and um, I think they play with either Sterling, Foden in the middle of the pitch and I think they're just swapping sides really. Um Foden's out on the left hand side sometimes with Sterling down the middle and then vice versa. But again, Man City's making the substitution first. And I'm thinking they're one nil up. Okay, they're at home, but they're one nil up. We need to score a goal. And we're still sitting here. Sixty four minutes in, still sitting here thinking, okay, what's gonna happen? Are we gonna change something? Are we gonna do something to mix this up a little bit, change the formation, I don't know, maybe bring on the party who's on the bench or El Nenny or someone else different in midfield or change something so we've actually got a striker, an out-and-out striker, move Aubameyang down the middle or put Lacazette on down the middle. Um, and it's not until like the 67th minute, I think, some change, 67th, 68th minute. Oh, that was it. Before, just before the substitution, I think Saka goes on another run. He gets kind of taken down, draws a free kick. And it's just outside the box. It's at a decent, it's at a decent distance. And um, over the ball, you had David Luiz, 
Pepe and William standing over it and and it was looking like a quite a nice setup actually because you had David Luiz who can hit a long one you had Pepe on one side ready to hit it with his left foot and you got William ready to spank the ball with his with his right peg and out of the three of them I'm thinking please Luiz just just dummy it and leave it for either Pepe or William because it was a decent space different decent distance for both of them um, I would love to assume maybe William do it just because didn't really see much of shots or key passes from William throughout the game so at least for him to kind of get a free kick where he can hit one of those dead balls into into the um, net would have been lovely but out of the three it's Louise who takes it and it's he hits that his trademark Louise style free kick and Correct me if I'm wrong, people, but I have not seen Louise score one of those free kicks for us. And I can't remember the last time he scored one for Chelsea either. But I definitely, I definitely think he has not scored one of those for us. And I just think, stop, stop now, because clearly you're not practicing it that much in training because it's not working anymore. Whatever you're doing now isn't what you was doing before and it's not working and I would love to have seen William or Pepe just you know have a chance at that but it was David Luiz and it goes over the goal um wasn't even close I don't think and then shortly afterwards that's when we make our first change for Laka to come on in place of William and straight away Laka comes on and it's almost like he's not <laughs> he's not the striker he's not He's not playing in a striker position. We're still playing this almost like this flat diamond or makeshift diamond in the middle with the split strikers because Laka's just like gone straight into midfield to fill a gap. And I get it. I think Arteta was just so worried about them hurting us in midfield that we wasn't able to play our own game and get our own forward players in the positions that we needed them. Um which I haven't really seen Arteta pro approach a game like that too many times, so I don't want to criticise him too much because it's not something, it's not how we were playing, say, under the Emery days where literally every week we're worried about the opposition and we're playing this way to try and nullify the opposition and not think about our passing. Um, I honestly just think it's because he knows what Pep wants to do and he knows Pep's style of play so much that he was just intent on trying to nullify Pep. But at the same time, it just took so much away from our game. It's almost like we we went there, we turned up and we gave them the opportunity to get the points because it, we approached the game in what I normally call a Roy Hodgson approach. Like you, you approach a game not to lose. So if you approach a game trying to get a draw, then more often than not, you might lose. Whereas if you approach a game to win, then you, you're more likely at least to come out of it with a draw. But we approach the game to not get beat. So we were looking for a draw minimum and we came away with nothing because I think we just lacked that little bit of an edge going forward, definitely. And in the midfield, we could have um, could have had a little bit more bite about us, but then... Man City are very intelligent the way they commit these like tactical fouls just when you think okay you're gonna get a little run at them or you're gonna get ahead of steam or build up a few passes 
there's someone literally right there all the time and I make a little like a little foul that doesn't look like too much but um it's enough to stop our momentum stop the stop the passage of play going and disrupt the team so when Lacazette does come on he's effectively in the midfield and he's you know he's uh, he's running around he's trying to do what he can but he's nowhere near the goal that's the one thing Lacazette Aubameyang Willian Pepe they're hardly near the goal I, I don't know what their heat maps look like but they especially with Lacazette when he came on he was in the midfield back to goal um, a lot of the times but it's too much ground to make up by the time you've played one or two passes and then you ship the ball out wide to say Pepe if he can latch onto that pass and he gets his head up there's no one there there's no one in the box because everyone's still trying to run in there so he's got to hold it up come back on to his left hand side and either play the pass into midfield or back to Bellerin and it was just like it was too much backwards sideways back into the midfield and then by the time we've got into an attacking position with all our players, the Man- Manchester City, they've got their whole team back. They're all in their positions and they're just saying, OK, come on in. Like, where, where have you got? Show us what you can do to break us all down. And we didn't really have that little bit of extra spark or bite about us in the game. So, and because of that, it's almost like then... Manchester City then fell into this kind of like false sense of security and then they started to get a bit sloppy or a bit relaxed I should say not sloppy it's not like they were giving away chances but they got a bit relaxed and it's at this point where I was thinking okay press them now like literally we can start to see something's they're not they haven't been shutting out games well and you could see a little bit of insecurity creeping in their minds the way they were playing they were kind of like timid with some of the passes and and they weren't going as forward as what they had been throughout the game. So I was thinking, okay, bomb forward, like get get another midfielder on, maybe take, I don't know, take Xhaka off, which he did in the last game. And like I said, I was surprised that he didn't, I, I, he got subbed in one of the games. Then he didn't start the other game. I think if he took Xhaka off and maybe put on the party or put on Elneny just to add something else with Sabias in the midfield, then maybe... Um, we could have done something and I thought that was the point in the game that we we should have pressed further forward up the pitch to try and get something out of the game um, but it just didn't happen and the part and the, that, that moment just went um, I think there was a few like half chances where Saka um, I think they're playing the ball out from the back and Saka wins a header and he headers it to Aubameyang and Aubameyang then gets a chopped down by Walker again it must have been Walker straight on him again and Bamian gets the free kick for us and that time Pepe took the free kick and it just well it didn't just go wide but it went wide um didn't get enough bend on it but again it was at that point where I thought like we should have done a little bit more but the chances didn't they just come too late I think we didn't make the other two subs around the 80 minute mark and that was um Pepe off for Eddie and Xhaka off for party and it was just too little too late I mean Eddie he's going on the right hand side to kind of do like a half Pepe job and it's like it's not really what he's what he's good at so it was kind of like then he was just throwing the four players on but by that time Man City just did a really good job of just managing the game they just kept possession 
kept passing the ball around and it was hard for our players to even get the ball, let alone get the ball to build with any kind of intent to do something. And it wasn't really until roughly, say, the the injury time period when it's almost like someone said, come on, we need to get a goal. And then they started to push a little bit more, trying to push to to actually get an equaliser, but it was just too little too late. Like By that time, Man City was just in too much control to us, for us to kind of create any kind of real serious threat. Um, it's one of those games where I think that we're hurt by not having fans in the ground because uh, because if fans were there, they would have been screaming for us to, for our team to be pushing forward a lot earlier, a lot quicker, for the passing to just be faster. Because one thing that I'm surprised that he might, Arteta must have said at half time, like the passing was just too slow. Like there's too many touches. We need a one touch, two touch kind of passing thing going on. There was far too many touches and trying to go round certain people and passing it backwards and sideways. Like it needed to just zip across a lot quicker and it just wasn't happening. But yeah, I think it's one of those games where if they had fans in the stadium, by the time it got to the 70 minute mark, fans would have been crying out for the whole team to be pushing on. But it's like, because there's no one there, the players are getting a little bit comfortable. It must be hard for some of the players just to kind of get used to this still playing behind doors. But it's it's a weird kind of setup because they were all just coasting until like injury time. And then it's like, oh, let me try and hurry up and do a few passes. Let me try and, you know, make something happen. But but, but by that time, it's far too late. You can't, you can't affect the game in a positive way then. You haven't got the time. You, you haven't got the time to build the play how we've been trying to build play. So it's just too little too late. And I think, yeah, ultimately, we missed our chances in the first half. And... Um, we was made to pay for the, the one time, really, they cut us open. I mean, they did have quite a lot of shots. Like I said, Mara's got in quite a few times and Foden a couple times. Um, I don't think Sterling, Sterling, apart from the goal, he got blocked on a couple of things, but I don't think he had too many clear-cut chances. Neither did Aguero. The shots that got through other than the goal, um, they weren't really too dangerous or too threatening. So it's not like we we're being carved open time and time again. It's just like we just lacked a little bit going forward. And that's all I can really take from this game, really. Which is a bit sad because I think a lot of, a lot of us going into this game pre the international break and transfer window and whatnot was thinking maybe this is one of the best times to play City. They've been struggling to get off the mark and um, get them get themselves going at at the start of the season. A lot of gunners were probably looking at this like maybe we can go there and actually get the three points. And it's just a shame that we didn't approach the game in that way as a team because, like I said, I think they just approached it just to get a point minimum. When really, I still think we could have got more out of that game. They weren't playing great. It's just we allowed them to look better, and I get it. I kind of get why. Like, after the recent results that we've had against Liverpool, Man City, and, you know, the other top six teams, so to speak, away from home, we've been getting embarrassed over the years. So I get why Arteta will set our team up not to be embarrassed. Make sure that we do not concede goal after goal and keep the game tight until, like, the later stages of the game where maybe we can get a goal. And... 
I feel like even at the 70 minute mark, in his head, he's probably looking at the game plan as, we're 1-0 down, we're only a goal down, this is working. But it was at that point that we should have made some more changes and done something different to kind of influence the game in our way. But it just didn't happen and it's unfortunate because I think it was there for the three points. But it's just unfortunate. So now we're going to a European game midweek before we head into a game on Sunday, I believe, against Leicester. So let's see what happens there because Leicester's still got to play tomorrow at the time of recording this. And... Um, If they get a bad result there, again, I think they've had some kind of up and down results, not really got too much consistency. So maybe we can do a thing against Leicester at home. Who knows? But let's not forget, it was Man City that we're playing and Arteta has only been there for not not even a whole season yet. So I think we can forgive him for understanding that where we are as a team and where Man City and Liverpool are as a team are not in the same place and although a lot of us wanted us to really give this a go because we could see that they were there for the taking for this game um, in the reality of it if you look at the quality of the players on the pitch you know you can't be too upset that we only came away a goal down alright no one wants that I don't want that I wish we got at least a point but like I said I think we could have got the three points if we approached the game in the right way but we didn't. I ain't going to cry about it. It's Manchester City at the end of the day. So we'll move on. And lastly, I was just going to touch on the player ratings for some of the guys out there. So Bert Leno, let me think. I'll give him a five, maybe even a four. I think he definitely could have done better for their goal. Kicking out from the back was okay. Um, I'll give him a four. Gabriel, I'll give a four. Louise, I'll give a four. Tierney, I'll give a five. Bellerin, I'll give a four. That, the mistake for the goal, uh, yeah, I can't give him a five minimum for that. Like, I have to give him a four. Um, Xhaka, didn't really. The thing about Xhaka is, you know... I, again, I keep saying it. Like I know what he can and can't do. So I can't give him... How can I give him a three or a four when I know that that is all he can do? He'll just be getting that every week. So he kind of has to get like a four or a five. It's so like... And I'm not, I'm not getting on Xhaka's case, but it's like he's not the player that I know we need in midfield. I know his limitations, but did he have a bad game in, in like comparison to his limitations? Maybe not. Um, I give him a five. Sabios, I give him a five. I think he was average. I don't think he was at the levels that he could have been for the game. Um, he wasn't really creating too much, which I can get on as well because. I was worried when we um when it looked like we weren't gonna get a creative midfielder that we're gonna we're gonna come on stock some games and I don't wanna say this too early because I feel there are creative players in this team but this is a game where we did lack some creativity some some spark in that um final third of the pitch for sure so Sabias yeah I give him a five average 
Willian. I don't really know what to make of Willian starting an Arsenal shirt, you know. Um, he's had like one good game, I think two poor games, and this was the average game. Um, I could I could give him a five, yeah. Um, he didn't really do too much though. When I think about it, he didn't really have too much chances. Didn't create too much, but then he's playing this this role that the manager's asking him to play. Um, yeah, I give him a five. Bamiang again didn't have much to do. He's getting he's getting like man marked out the game half of it. Um, God, it's hard. I give a Bamiang a five, Pepe a five, like. I could even give them fours, to be honest with you. Like, literally, what did they do? What did Pepe do? What did Aubameyang do? What did William do going forward? Oh, man, I don't know. You decide. Five or four, you tell me. I can't make my mind up. Um, and Who came on? Who came on the pitch? Lacazette, well, he wasn't even playing in the forward position. Eddie, I can't even rate him. And Partey wasn't on for that long. I think he played like one one pass, one or two passes and got a yellow card. <laughs> like, I swear he's the only player to get booked for us as well. The guy was on the pitch for like four or five minutes. I swear he's the only player to get booked for Arsenal. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man's already picked up his first yellow card. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can't rate them. You you let me know what you think because I don't know. I don't know, man. I think we had like 35% possession. I can't remember too many shots in that second half. I remember the Ed, uh, Pepe header at the beginning of it. But did we trouble their keeper that much after that? The free kicks went wide. Ah, oh, man. Let's shake this game off, guys. Let's shake this game off and move on because, you know, it weren't a good one. It was not a good one. And on a day when a lot of the other teams, I mean, Liverpool dropped points against Everton, um, Chelsea dropped points against Southampton. So they both drew. And it could have been like a situation where we could have actually made up some, some you know, some points and pushed further forward. But it wasn't to be. wasn't to be. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next weekend, eh, with uh, Leicester. And that's it, folks. Remember, if you want to get in touch, you can uh, send an email over to thearsenalcast at gmail.com. Send over anything, and um, I'll uh, read through it and uh, come back to you. Thank you very much for listening, and as always, victory through harmony. Harmony.